Welcome Toronto Rush and Ultimate fans to episode 7 of the Rush Report presented by TheForthCheck.com. The real episode 7. Last week I mistakenly announced the Rush Report as episode 7 when it was actually episode 6. Okay, now that we've got that out of the way, it's spring forward this weekend. Why is that important? Well, it means we're that much closer to the 2017 AUDL season. And some big news when it comes to the broadcast schedule. New for 2017, the AUDL is expanding its league live broadcast programming from its traditional 12-game format into a 21-game regular season schedule. Additional coverage will be provided for the 2017 AUDL postseason, including live streams of at least two playoff games and all three championship weekend games on August 26th to the 27th from Montreal. Additionally, there will be 13 regular season Game of the Week events and additional five postseason games. Games will be available for free through AUDL.tv. For additional schedule information, head to theaudl.com. We have a very special guest today. He is the former play-by-play broadcaster for the Salem Red Sox, the Class A affiliate of the Boston Red Sox, and he's the current play-by-play announcer for the AUDL, Evan Lepler. All right, Evan, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Tammy. Thanks for having me. So what was it about Ultimate and the AUDL that made you decide, you know what, I'm going to leave my gig with the Salem Red Sox and focus on being the full-time play-by-play guy for the AUDL? Because you're a Massachusetts guy, and calling games for the Red Sox affiliate is a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. It was not an easy decision. I think I spent more time on the phone that week after first realizing it was a possibility, just talking with everybody that has had an impact in my life and trying to go over every possible scenario for hours and hours because I was so grateful to be the voice of the Salem Red Sox. It was a job I loved. It was an all-encompassing job that really, you know, when you do minor league baseball, it, it takes over your life for the six, five, six months of the season because it's every single day. You're on the road with the team. If you're at home, you're at the ballpark from 10 a.m. to 11 p.m. a lot of days. But I was also just super intrigued by the AUDL and wanted to learn about what this league's long-term goals were and, and where it was going. And so I talked to people in the Ultimate community. I talked to people outside of the Ultimate community. I talked to people in broadcasting. I talked to friends. I talked to family and, you know, when it came down to it, it was still a really hard decision because I never imagined that I would give up the opportunity of saying welcome to Red Sox baseball on the radio 140 times during a minor league season. And, you know, I, I did grow up in Boston, did grow up a Red Sox fan. So that was a really amazing honor that opened a lot of doors for me. I got to do the public address for a game at Fenway Park. I got to go up to Fenway and sit in between the two Boston Red Sox radio broadcasters in the booth. And when it came down to it, I just decided to take a chance and really admired what a lot of people around the AUDL were doing. Uh, Tim DeBile and Madison, uh, you know, the Lloyd family in Toronto and all throughout Canada and the league, Steve Gordon, and just, you know, talking to a lot of owners around the league, they sold me on their vision and, I thought I could help out in uh, helping that vision evolve and helping our sport continue to grow and, and reach new fans. And, you know, I, I love Ultimate as well. Like, I love playing Ultimate when I was in college. I love watching it. I, I've loved the opportunity to 
get to know so many of the great players from around the world. And I believe in the sport and in the messages um, that ultimate tries to preach of, of fair play and, you know, being a good guy. It's kind of crazy to me that I've taken this path because I never really pondered it as a real possibility. You know, when I wanted to be a broadcaster and loved ultimate, I never really imagined that this could be possible, but I honestly believe that, you know, there's no one who is more perfect for this role than me because of my joint passions that I've had for such a long time. And, you know, I think there's probably a lot of people that feel that way, that feel like they're perfect for a job in life. And, you know, probably a large percentage of those people, for whatever reason, don't get the opportunity to to live that and fulfill it. So every single day I, I try to appreciate how fortunate I am to be able to do these things. And, you know, it's, it's an interesting mindset to have because I think I'm constantly trying to prove myself and prove that I'm capable and worthy and can be creative and come up with new ideas and, you know, help this league grow. But, uh, it's, it's a fun challenge as well. And, you know, I'm excited for my fourth season with the AUDL, which begins uh, in just a couple weeks. You mentioned the challenges, you know, baseball is quite the departure from ultimate and, and so I've been around the, the rush while now, actually, and I'm still learning the lingo, the rules, the, the terms. And so how long did it take you to really get yourself acclimated to the way the game is played, uh, knowing the different terms and being able to use layman's terms to relate that to, the, to audiences who may not necessarily know the ins and outs of the game? Well, you know, when you do 140 baseball games, you have a lot of opportunity to try things. And as a baseball broadcaster, I often felt like a baseball hitter. Like some days you'd go on the air and you'd feel like you went three for four with two doubles and four RBIs. And other days you'd go on the air and you'd be like, uh, some of those jokes I made, some of those phrases I used, they just didn't work tonight. This was an 0 for 4, two strikeout game. (laughs) But the reality is in baseball, you always get to play the next day. And that's one of the cool things about baseball. It's certainly different with ultimate because the games are fewer and there's more space between them. Um, But I I think it's the same thing in that you want to try to be professional all the time. You want to do the the viewer justice and explain what's going on and tell stories about the the competitors involved in the context uh, of why this game is important and what's happened in the past and how this impacts the race or these individuals' legacies or whatever it might be. Um, and, and I think all of that kind of is universal for all sports because you're wanting to craft a narrative and, and make people understand why it's important, why they care. But in terms of the specific vocabulary for the game call, I think uh, there are terms that are used in Ultimate that I don't want to shy away from because those are the terms that have always been involved with the sport. Um, but you can also do that in a way that's not insulting to a newcomer and, and welcome them into the sport as well. So, you know, it, it's kind of walking a fine line. And I think after four years, I still am trying to figure it out sometimes. And, you know, when, when push comes to shove, I think of play-by-play is describe what you see don't get in the way of the game, enhance the game for the viewer, whether that's sharing a name, whether that's sharing a story, whether that's uh, just 
you know, shutting up. Now, you mentioned earlier we're a month away from the start of the season and teams have already announced and finalized their rosters and they're all in the thick of preseason training. But I want to focus on the Eastern Conference. Which teams or team do you see coming out of the East this, this season and which teams do you think will struggle? I think the East as a whole is a pretty significant step up from last year, uh, especially when you look at what has happened to the bottom of the conference uh, with Philadelphia obviously improving. I mean, you sign a guy like Nikki Spiva, that sets the tone for the offseason. And, you know, their ownership has made renewed commitment to the franchise to try to support a winning team. I don't think they're going to win the conference, win the division, but I think they are going to be a tough out and and play with a purpose that we haven't seen in the past. And I think, you know, when the worst team in the in the league is signing players who have won gold medals for the U.S. national team, that is a really good sign. Um, and I, I think similarly, Montreal and Ottawa are both improved because of the out-of-town players that they have brought in. Montreal has uh, brought in some former guys who used to play for the defunct Rochester Dragons. They brought in some Boston guys, uh, Christian Foster notably being one who uh, has won a national title in the club game and is a very, very good all-around player. Um, I think Montreal is going to miss Yolan Cabot. I'm going to miss watching him because he was an awesome player to watch. And, you know, Ottawa at the bottom of the division – they're still talented. They're young. They're, I mean, they have a guy like Derek Alexander and some of their other veterans, former Toronto player, Carl Loiseau, and uh, Andy Ockerlone, the ageless big man. Uh, in addition to adding a guy like David Hawkhalter, which I'm excited about, I, I think he uh, has been a really solid ultimate player in the Toronto scene for a long time, and I think he will help Ottawa significantly. But this is a long way of saying I still think the class of the division are the teams that finished in the top three last year, Toronto, D.C., and New York. Um, however, I, I am, I'm excited to see how good New York can be. I, I, I think it's possible that Toronto and D.C. may not be as strong as they were last year. You know, when you look at what New York has done, they bring back Jeff Babbitt and basically make him one of the centerpieces of their team. They bring back both Drost brothers and Chris Kocher and just all of their downfield weapons for the most part are coming back. Plus they add uh, guys like Ben Yacht and and Connor Klein. Uh, You know, Ben Yacht won the national title in, in college with the University of Minnesota last year. Connor Klein played with Minnesota, played with UMass. Um, I think New York is is clearly stronger than they've ever been before. And consequently, I think this is the year that they're going to knock off Toronto in a game. I don't know if they'll win the division. Uh, When you look at what Toronto has done, I mean, they've basically brought most of the band back together. And that's a really good band. I mean, they play all the hits and they have a lot of guys who I would want on my line, whether, you know, it's an offensive line with Mark Lloyd and Thompson McKnight and Cam Harris and Isaiah Massick Kelly or a defensive line with Adrian Yearwood and Andrew Carroll and Gord Harrison and Remy Ojo and Jackie Howe. 
I think the biggest question for the rush is how good their young guys are going to be. I've, I've, I haven't seen a lot of them play, but I've talked to, to folks in the Toronto scene about them. I mean, obviously, Bretton Tan gave the rush a major lift last year. I mean, he's super, and he's young, and he's only going to get better. If, if Toronto's other young guys can have similar impacts to, to what Tan did this past year, I think Toronto... You know, I think it's really close. Whether it's Toronto or New York is the favorite. DC has a lot of ultimate talent, and they've certainly condensed a lot of their talent this year more than ever before. So they're not going to be a team that doesn't have depth. But I also think that they have lost some of their superstars that they have counted on in the past. You know, I, I'm curious to see if New York can finally get over the hump, and you know. I mean, last year they lost, I think, four times by one point to D.C. They lost to Toronto in several close games. And I think it's going to be a fascinating division. And I also think that every game the top three plays against the bottom three is no cakewalk. I think that Montreal, Ottawa, and Philadelphia, at some point during the season when one of the top squads doesn't have their, their top players because of international commitments or whatever else it might be. Uh, I think it, it really is a division where anything can happen on any given day. Um, certainly Toronto has the track record of getting it done. I think Toronto is well coached uh, by, by Shooter and, and Sashin. So I think they have a good culture and a good system. I just think that you know, they also have the target on their backs, and they've they've handled that well for several years. But uh, they also have a, a feistier New York team than has ever been before. So, yeah, some of the best games that I saw last season were between uh, Toronto and DC and Toronto and New York. So it'll be interesting to see how things go uh, this upcoming season. And uh, it is said, the old cliche goes, predictions are for gypsies, but such is the business that we are in. And obviously, we haven't seen these teams play this, yeah. this season with these rosters. But on paper, we, we know where all the parts are. So in your prediction, who do you think comes out of the East? Man, I, I, I don't know. So this is just... Uh, my gut tells me that if... New York's core is all back and healthy. And if they get the commitment from the new guys that I expect them to have, especially after Memorial Day when the college season ends, I think this is going to be New York's year to, to, to turn it around. Now, I I say that with very little confidence and I'm the rush are probably going to be pumped that I said that because, uh, you know, the, the, the rush love to be counted out. Um, and I, and I'm not counting them out. I, I think they are right there and you know, it's, I'm not, I'm not, as you said, predi- predictions are for gypsies. I'm not a big prediction guy. I never ever gamble on sports. I never fill out a March Madness bracket. <laughs> I just I just love to watch it unfold. And I think if I gamble on it or really care about who wins uh, in most cases, it, it changes the way I watch the game. So I'm just someone who wants to study it and watch it unfold and then afterwards try to analyze why it happened and what it means. So if Toronto wins, uh, you know, 
I, I could just see it now, like, you know, fans of the, with a rustache have like a sign, like calling me out for picking against Toronto. And, and I, you know, I, that, that would be awesome. But I, uh, I'm, I'd be fine. I don't care who wins. I am fascinated by the race and the determination of the individual teams involved and the, the competitors and, you know, kind of what they bring to the table. And, you know, it's, it's fun to see things that you've never seen before. And, as Toronto fans know as, as well as anybody, we've never seen New York beat Toronto before in the AUDL. So it's going to happen eventually. Uh, and this year seems like uh, it, it could happen. There's a better chance of it happening this year, I'll say, than uh, any of the previous that we've that we've seen. Well, there you go, folks. A very diplomatic answer. Evan, <laughs> I really appreciate you coming on and breaking down the East for us. Exciting times are ahead for sure. And I definitely look forward to hearing you call games for the AUDL on ESPN. Tammy, thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, it's fun to talk Ultimate. And just this conversation has gotten me even more fired up for the season, which is, you know, less than a month away, obviously. So uh, look forward to coming to Toronto a couple times this summer. I know I'll be there for the San Francisco game and then uh, for the New York game, uh, which seems a long ways away, but it'll be here before we know it. So uh, thanks so much for having me, and I look forward to coming to Toronto sometime soon. Evan Lepler, ladies and gentlemen. That does it for this episode of The Rush Report. Appreciate having you along for the show. Special thanks to Evan Lepler and the AUDL. This episode was written, produced, and hosted by Tammy Allen of TheForeCheck.com. For more information and to purchase tickets to Toronto Rush games, visit torontorush.com. You can also follow the team on Twitter at Toronto Rush and on Facebook at Toronto Rush Ultimate. Until next week, folks, have a fantastic weekend.